Secret Invasion, Season 1, Episode 2. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Marvel Plus, the podcast devoted to the Disney Plus Marvel series and so much more. My name is Brett Scott. I am your host, and this, my friends, is the show. It feels so good to be back in the normal weekly swing of things, and I've got an amazing new guest this week. This is a guy I've been wanting to have on the podcast for a while. He actually... uh, he did a little cameo appearance in uh, the, the 12 Days of MCU Christmas. If you go back around Christmas time, I released a, a special Christmas song for Marvel+. Plus, and um, he is one of the voices, and he is unmistakable. You know, there's no way to uh, to, to mistake which, which uh, portion of the song he did. So go back and check that out if you're interested. Um, BZ Collins is here. And we had a fantastic conversation. Like, I, I knew that we would. I knew that he was, you know, as much into geek culture as I am. I knew that he had an interesting story and an interesting profession and that, that, that people would enjoy this. Um, I can't wait for you guys just to hear it. I'm not going to, like, waste a whole lot of time here. The only thing I'm going to say before we get started is if you guys could go over and... Um, Rate and review the podcast. It makes a huge difference. Rate and review the podcast over on Apple Podcasts um, or on Spotify. Leave five stars. Leave a written review. If you leave a written review, I'll read it right here on the podcast. But that's all I want to say before we get started. Uh, we'll, we'll plug everything else at the end. I really hope you enjoy this conversation. I had a blast having it. Let's get into it with BZ Cullens. All right, we have BZ Cullens in the house. Welcome, my friend. I am welcome, and I, I truly feel that way, and thank you so much for having me. As Optimus Prime would say, the honor is mine. <laughs> Dude, the, uh, listen, I we were talking earlier. I, I don't know exactly how I found you, but I think it was on Twitter through other podcasters like Genuine Chit Chat, um, that group of folks at least. Somehow I found you through through that group of friends, and um, I'm so glad I did. And and <laughs> it seems like I I heard your voice. And I don't remember where I heard you first. Were you ever on um, were you ever on the Geek podcast? I was where, I was on that one too. Okay, that that's probably where I first heard you and like learned about what it is that you do. Uh, it's kind of unmistakable. Like, of course that's what you do, right? Um, so you do voice acting. Yeah. Um, what all does that entail for one? What, what does voice acting entail? Well, I mean, the thing is, is most, most people actually ask that question because they don't know, um, mm-hmm. anything, anything that you hear, whether you're watching television, listening to radio or listening to audiobooks, or little watching a documentary, whatever it is that you hear, you hear a narrator, you hear a voice. Uh, you hear somebody telling a story, or if you're watching animation, you're listening to the characters. That is literally what it is that voiceover is. Um, it is in the arts and entertainment industry under acting. 
You can't get away from acting when you do voiceover. You just can't. You're just not able to be seen, but you're still acting. So um, the dip, the primary difference between voice acting as well uh, between voice acting and screen acting is with voice acting. You don't have to remember anything, but you still have to act. You have to read and act with on camera acting and screen and stage. You have to remember and act. Mm -hmm. But you don't okay. get away from acting. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, you know, I have seen. You know, shows, uh, movies, what have you. I've seen stuff. Made or broken by voice acting. Um, absolutely. I mean, some of my favorite, I think the first time where I really took notice of, uh, voice acting was Batman, the animated series. Kevin and, Conroy. Yeah. Kevin Conroy, Mark Hamill as the Joker. Um, yeah. and then just a slew of, of, you would not believe the accolades these, these voice actors have of, of talent that come in as just guests on the series like you're like right. what you got that guy they got that girl like how right. like big names and yeah. you know people that you had heard you didn't know that you had heard but you had been hearing you know for years doing other you know animation doing um voiceover stuff and commercials what have you and it, it just blew my mind how like how big these names were that we're coming on just to do guest spots, just to do little one episode guest spots on Batman, the animated series. That's the first time I noticed it. And Kevin Conroy, I mean, that's the voice of Batman for me. Period. End of story. Okay. Um, it really, really got big with the guest stars when justice league broke out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't listen. I, I listened to a podcast about uh, Batman, the animated series. And so that's why I like, I'm I've I've gone really deep on the voice actors that have come on the show and um because every episode they'll tell you they'll do a breakdown of like oh and this week this you may not know this person's name but you know their work you know what I mean right. and then they go into all the stuff they've done so no but tell me about Justice League like what kind of talent have they had on on Justice League dude well, who haven't they had um <laughs> bro um the the like the the dude who voices Lex Luthor in Superman animated Batman and Justice League is Clancy Brown. He's also the voice uh, the voice actor of uh, uh, Mr. Krabs, SpongeBob. All right. When All right. when you when you listen to Clancy's natural voice, you wouldn't think that that he be Mr. Krabs, but that's him. When you see Clancy Brown, he looks like an evil dude. Why? Because he was the Clergan in High and Highlander way back. See, that's what I'm day. talking. So um, he, you know, he was he was actually a regular. Um, I have to say, man, I'm, I'm sort of kind of veering. I have to say that that Justice League animated series is what, uh, which is what triggered me off to actually doing live John live John Stewart action. Uh, live action John Stewart films, and I have two right now on YouTube. It's because of that show that I I decided to become John Stewart. But um, yeah, dude, it's uh, they've had so many different talents on that. They've had Hector Elizondo, 
the the thing is, especially with the Thanagarians, they use Hispanic actors for Thanagarians. So because they're because of their the way that their English is. Mm-hmm. So the the one the woman who played Hawk Girl Maria Canales, um, then there was uh I think it was was it the the Brave and the Bold I think that was the, the story arc, in the first season, where they had the Thanagarian Armada show up, and the dude who played Hero Talik, he's a Spanish dude I can't remember Victor Rivers that's his name, um, okay. and he is an on camera he's a movie he's a movie actor primarily, um, he played played Hero Talik. And for those of you who don't know, Hero Talik is just an, you know, uh, uh, an anagram of Katar Hall. Um, and then uh, 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 Elizabeth Pena, she played one of the Thanagarians. Hector Alexandro played a Thanagarian. Um, all Latino actors. Uh, who else wound up? I mean, just look at the, look at the, the cast itself. Tim Daly. As Superman, Tim Daly mm-hmm. was like Tim Daly's a TV actor, screen yeah. actor, primarily from Wings. Um, Phil Lamar, a comic actor from Mad TV. Most people didn't even know that that wasn't Phil Lamar's voice playing John Stewart, a man who's got this big chest. He should have this voice coming out of that chest. He should sound like this. He's very crisp and no nonsense. That's John Stewart. Yeah. That's great. So, um, you know, and uh, 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 oh, Carl Lumley, who played who's the voice of the Martian Manhunter. Look at that dude's IMDb page. It is endless. And for those of you who are here checking it out, Carl Lumley is the gentleman who played Isaiah Bradley on Falcon and the Winter Soldier. He was the super soldier. I knew that's the dude who's the voice of Martian Manhunter. That's great. And a dude, I hope they do. I hope they do more with him. I hope they yeah. do more with Isaiah Bradley. Like that is my biggest want with the, with the cap, the, the new Captain America storyline. That's right. I that story told it, whether they do like a whole series of Isaiah Bradley's backstory, that would be, yeah. or, <laughs> or if you know, it's like, but I think they got to give him like, we got to see him. I don't want him then just to jump into like his, I guess it would be his grandson, right? Uh, in the in the, was it his grandson in the series? I think so yeah, yeah. Like they could they could just jump right into him, you know, becoming a hero, becoming a young Avenger, what have you. But I'd much rather go back and see that Isaiah Bradley story play out. I think that would be real, like, because I think most people had never heard of Isaiah Bradley until that series, mm-hmm. and may not even know that there was a, a whole Isaiah Bradley storyline in the comics, like. Right. I want people to see that. I want to see that. Like, I want to see that played out on screen. I think that would be awesome. Yep. I, I, I wholeheartedly agree. That would be dope. I mean, it, no different than I'd like to see a backstory of a young Mace Windu. Same thing. <laughs> I, yes. I, lo- I, I was actually thinking about doing that myself. That's so, awesome. As a performer, man, you know, when you want to see stuff out there, if, if they're, they're taking too long, go and do it yourself. That's why I did John Stewart. <laughs> yes. Actually, I just watched that new um I guess it's I guess it's new. It's within the past couple months, I think. There is a new uh John Stewart Green Lantern uh animated film. Animated film, yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. And I'm I'm I'm, I'm a little TV. bit miffed because I never saw the audition for that. Yeah. You definitely should have been there. <laughs> Dude. I'm uh when as soon as I heard your voice, I'm like, you know, first I'm thinking like, well, how do you get into voice acting, right? Like how, how do you even like decide to do it? And then once you decide to do it, like, man, where do you start? Is it the same as acting? Like, do you have to go get an agent? How does that work? And then well, well, actually that, every everything begins when it comes to again this arts and entertainment thing if you have a you have a gift mm -hmm. some people know how to use it other people have to train themselves or get training um yeah. for me everything started in music that's where i started i studied opera for a couple of years i used to sing with a five-man vocal group i did some music production also um i've always wanted to do entertainment but my voice changed when I was eight. I started puberty early. So it was Ooh. like, mom, I'll take out the dishes or take out Dude. the trash. So, <laughs> no, I so. wanted to, uh, that's literally my next question was like, cause I'm picturing this, you know, 12, 13 year old boy uh, with a very, very deep, deeper than all his teachers, all of his parents, parents, friends. Like, how did that, like, was it, yeah, was it, um, was it? Yeah. Was it a it was uh, thing that stood out like to everyone? Was it like, whoa, uh, it, this guy? It, 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 it threw everybody off. Um, and, you know, coming from an, an eight-year-old kid and yeah. um, my, my family have been teasing me about my voice since third grade, um, still to this day. And, um, uh -huh. but it, it's crazy how some of the things that you have going for you are what, turns your life around and yeah. veers you into a specific direction. So in getting in started with vo with voiceover, I, like I said, I started with music. I had a five man vocal group. Our group broke up. Everybody went their ways across the country. A couple of dudes moved out of town. One dude started singing on cruise ships and I was by myself. So I'm like, OK, well, what am I going to do? Uh, I'm originally from Vegas, so I was uh, I was out in L.A. visiting my cousin who's an actress and she goes, have you ever thought about doing voiceover? And I hadn't. The only thing that I ever any wanted to do as far as uh, entertainment after that was either be either or or both be a Klingon or a Sith Lord. Mm -hmm. And I don't care if I died in the episode or in a movie, but as long as I played one. Yeah, red shirt or not, you want right. in there. <laughs> <laughs> so she goes, have you ever thought about voiceover? And I said, no. And um, so she took me to this bookstore. We, we used to always, you know, do research together and study. So I'm like, I'll go ahead and start thinking about it. She took me to this bookstore in L.A. called Samuel French. It's for actors. And we saw this book on the shelf that says you can bank your on your voice. Talking about voiceovers by a gentleman named Rodney Salisbury. And now he caught our attention. Because that cousin that I was with, we're related by Salisbury. My mother's maiden name is Salisbury. It's kind of a rare name. So we're like, bing, who is this dude? Um, and for those of you who uh, don't know who Rodney Salisbury is, if you're watching TV and you catch this commercial that goes, need a moment? Chew it over with Twix. That's Rodney Salisbury. Or if you hear, jazz it up with Zatarain's Dirty Rice. That's Rodney Salisbury. That's great. So uh, he is, he's like one of the, the OGs, one of the staple OGs in the business. And he's per personally my mentor. 
uh, after I found out about him, I reached out to him and um, we have been in contact with each other for 20 years. Uh, we still haven't found out whether or not we're related, but we act like it regardless. Yeah. And so I started taking up training and coaching with voiceover coaches in various fields, movie trailers, TV promos, commercials, all of that stuff. My primary primary ultimate goal is TV promos and movie trailers. That's the upper okay. that's the upper echelon of voiceover. That's where you get into high six, low seven figures. That's the that's the in a world. In a you world. Know. Actually, I just I just did a movie trailer uh, this week for uh, a film out of Ireland and they wanted an in a world and I gave them gave it to them. That's great, man. That is yeah. that's the go to line, right? Like when you think of voiceover for movie trailers, that is the, the go to like in a world, in a in a future, in a, yeah, in a time one man so that you know that's that's from the actually that's from the og don lafontaine rest his soul he's not with us anymore but he's the dude who started all of that when it came to movie trailers so it's it's a running ongoing joke when it comes down to doing the parody of the movie trailer it's the inner world um yeah but nowadays you know most movie trailers don't do that but nowadays if there's like a parody or a comedy or something like that you'll you'll hear it my uh, speaking of movie trailers, one of my issues with movie trailers, and tell me if you feel the same is when I was a kid and, and I saw movie trailers, I still didn't know what the hell the movie was about when I went and saw it. I mean, it was like little, it was like if it was a superhero movie, you're like, oh, cool, it's a superhero movie, but you didn't right. know like any details about the plot. Nowadays, they're giving you most of the plot. Like the, the first one is a so called teaser, that's what they yeah. used to give us total. Right. Back right now now it's like they give you the teaser and then a month later they give you the official trailer and the official trailer gives you like the whole plot line and then they come out with like a promo a week or two before it releases and it's got even more stuff that you don't need to know yet man you don't need right. to know this stuff you know i guess it drives people to the theater but i mean yeah, i don't see how i think like, that's what it is man because we're we're in a we're in a in a, a time now where uh attention spans are ridiculously mm -hmm. weak dude yeah. i was actually um i was talking to a friend of mine uh earlier today in regards to i'm like man there's some 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 nice young producers that are out there musically and they're putting out 2 minute songs yeah. Who want you know, who is supposed to a four or five, six minute song now, right? Like dude, like, oh, I'm used to <laughs> I'm used yeah. to the the double C D murder myth that murder mix death version that lasts for about eight and a half minutes. Yeah. yeah. And I could listen to the whole thing and be thoroughly entertained. Absolutely. Yep. This it's is just where we it are is now. Not the, So this is the thing too. It's kind of like um Sometimes I question it. Like, are attention spans really short, or is that where people are driving things? Because I feel like there are still people sitting down and listening to two and three hour podcasts. A lot of them. There are still yeah. people watching three plus hour Avengers films. Yeah. No problem. Yeah. In fact, um, most movies back in the eighties and nineties, most movies were about an hour. Like now, that's considered like really short for a film. A ninety minute film, In and Out. Yeah. My wife loves it. I'm like, 
I mean, come on. I like the two hour movies, man. I like them. Right. But but some people, well, the yeah, they still is, like man, um whether it's attention span, whether it is or isn't, one thing I've come to to realize and recognize when it comes to dealing with today's society, we are living in a world that's ruled by microwaves and band-aids. Got to have it this way. Got to have it now. Immediately. We got we got things to do. Got to move. It's like, dude, stop. Absolutely. Take a breather. Take a breather. Absolutely. Yeah, we're we're moving too fast. Too fast for our own good, man. In fact, we're what we're doing is like technology's gotten to us, uh, gotten us to a point where we expect everything immediately. Um, we feel uncomfortable when it's not immediate, and our actual biology is not suited for that. Like we're not, yeah. we're, we're doing things that our brains and bodies are not meant to do. It's something that if it is to happen should evolve over a long period of time, like thousands of years. And we're doing it in like 30 years. Boom. Like, so. Yeah, we have, we have a, a society who lacks patience. Absolutely. Yeah. That's where we are. So uh this whole geekdom thing that i'm a part of i use it to escape and get away because i don't need that aggravation dude yes same same that's i mean this why i podcast it's why you know this is like this is my me time with my geeky Mm -hmm. friends we sit around and we talk about the geeky stuff we like man like it's 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 like coming out of the theater when you're a kid going to the theater with your buddy and you come out and you talk about the movie for the next hour, you know, and just right. hang out. It's Absolutely. not like, all right, good movie, man. See you later. Got to go, you know, do whatever's next. It's not like that. it wasn't like that, man. You you would you would revel in what you. Enjoyed and it was. Yeah. 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 I mean, I remember when when the Transformers, the movie came out, we couldn't stop talking about it. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was an avid moviegoer as a kid, man, like from uh, I'd say about the age of 10, we had a movie theater at the end of our street. So my parents would just me out of their hair. You know, I think I think 90s parents, 80s and 90s parents were like this. Okay, (laughs) they 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 just sent their kids to do whatever they didn't care. You know, it's like and and, you know, we kind of take pride in that now. Like, yeah, we spent all our time outside of the house. It's like, yep, um, absolutely. and, And it was, you know, it's I'm glad that that I lived in that in that era where I went out and did things, you know? Um, but it, it's funny that it's like, if you really look back, it's like our parents were just like ready to get rid of us all the time. Cause they had their own stuff. They wanted to do whatever, or they were working or what have you. But like, it was real easy to, uh, like nowadays, I don't know what I would, it's like, what, what do I do with my kids? Like they're, they're all home. And it's like, what are we supposed to do, man? We just leave them all home. Like, I wish they would go stay busy doing something, you know? Um, yeah. The, 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 the uh, playing is a very long lost art form, dude. Going, going outside to play. Yeah. Absolutely. It's a long lost art form. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we, we need more of that, man. Um, so speaking of, you know, the patience of the, uh, the average human being, uh, People are probably probably ready for us to get into a little bit of MCU talk here, um, but I, usually where I start with people is kind of like, how did you get into all this? 
were you a comic book fan growing up? Were you into stuff like that? And that led you to to liking the the films and these Disney plus Marvel series? Or was it like, you know, you're just a moviegoer type? Like some people have never read a comic book in their life. Right. And some people like that's why they're here. So which one of those are you? Comic books. Comic books. That's, that's where everything started. For me, um, I have two favorites. My favorite for DC was Shazam, always has been. And right. my favorite in Marvel, Silver Surfer, always has been. Um, right. And so, you know, people think it's Green Lantern because I played it. No, uh, Silver uh, Surfer is my dude. That's awesome. So, um, but it was it was always, always comic books. That's where everything started for me. Um, when the, the hero movies started coming, I was all over them, whether it was, you know, uh, Reb Brown playing Captain America with the invisible shield. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, or, or that crazy super friends live action justice league. I was here for it. No matter how cheesy or crummy any of that stuff was, as long as it has something to do with all of those universes, I was about it, about it. I don't care what people say. Oh, man, the writing sucked. The directing sucked. Shut up. It's getting out of reality. This is where You're I'm right. getting lost, dude. It's not that serious. It's just those, not that serious. Those made-for-TV movies, yeah, they weren't great. But every once in a while, you get a gem somewhere, right? Like, you get Incredible Hulk series, which wasn't quite the incredible hawk from the comics but there was something special about it man it was it was it was cool it was sad it was um you know it was this loner on the road and it's like why wouldn't you do that with the hawk of course you get a guy going from town to town trying to hide that he's the hawk and just like get on with his life um and, and he's sad you know he can't settle down he can't have a normal life and he has this curse and those end credits every week were like ah back on the road man and but that was a gem of a show you know what i mean like that was a good show is it what fans today like kids today would enjoy seeing lou ferrigno painted green no but it 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 was one of those shows i actually really i remember one of my first superhero shows growing up that i watched every week when it was on and it only ran for one season in 1990 and it was the the live action flash the Flash. My dad and I watched The Flash every week, and then sadly, it was all over like after one season. But I, I just couldn't believe it. Like superheroes on TV, like prime time. Yep. Um, love that series. Love that yep. series. And, and yeah, I've seen all the the cheesy. Usually, if it's a made for TV film, not very good. Like in terms of superhero stuff. Like right. I remember uh, Generation X in the mid '90s. They made a Generation X film. For those of you listening, you can find that on YouTube. Uh, <laughs> um, watch at your own peril. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I think I think the real break in like starting to kind of take superhero seriously had to be X Men, right? In two thousand, when they finally did a live action X Men film, I yeah. was through the roof for that. Like it couldn't have been, couldn't have come at a more perfect time. I had kind of discovered the X-Men I'd say in the, in the maybe 93, 94 ish with, with the animated series. And then that evolved into me buying the comic books, becoming a massive Wolverine. Right. Fan. Right. 
Right. And they announced they're doing a movie, and it's like right as I'm getting into this fandom. Oh man, it was just like it was perfect timing for me. Perfect timing. So by the time that came out, I was in high school. Um, just starting, I think they just starting high school, maybe, maybe freshman year, yeah. Um, and that's where it kicked off, man. I mean, they, the 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 films, like the film aspect of it. before that, it was cartoons and comic books. And then once the X-Men hit and then Spider-Man, it was like Man, they really did Spider-Man right. Like when they first did that, that first Spider-Man movie came out, it was like, wow. Like you look back now, and a lot of people have complaints about the first, you know, uh, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man films, and you you have to understand, like that was like probably the most spectacular a superhero film had been on a screen mm-hmm. ever at that point. At like, that point, yeah. What was bigger? What was what had more visual effects than that? What was more like and it was he was real like it looked like he was really swinging through New York City like that was. Man, that was good. And just where we're at now, it's it's incredible. It's incredible that we've gotten to this world where they're making. uh, God, man, they're making stuff that they're making the boys. They're making, um, you know. Stuff from. Not only are they bringing in like C and D list characters to make stuff, they're bringing in comic book companies that aren't DC and Marvel. Like they're making all kinds of stuff, man. And I'm, I'm just thrilled to be alive. And some people are like, I think the, I think the, the love is kind of waning for people. Like that, they're getting maybe a little overwhelmed with too much comic book superhero movie stuff. I get that, but I'm I'm still like, please just keep giving it to me as long as you will give it to me, because I know at some point it probably will end. It probably it's going to be like the Westerns, right? There was an era of Westerns where like that was the type of film and now superheroes has been for 10 years at least. Yeah, Uh, yeah. I mean, give give it to me all day, dude. Just like I, I, I wholeheartedly agree. Um, No, I'm not getting sick of superheroes. I'm I'm not going to and you're not going to tell me differently forget it yes yeah um so yeah okay so that kind of brings us to where we're at now with these disney plus marvel series that that are connected to the films what an incredible idea it was was an incredible idea to connect the films in the first place and have a shared Mm -hmm. universe but then to also have series that connect as well like what world are we living in um, I don't know. A, a dream world for me is, you know, it's a it's something I never expected to happen. But what have you thought of, you know, the quality of these series and and kind of which ones have been your favorite, least favorite? Which ones landed for you? Which ones haven't so far of the of the Disney Plus series? So as as far as I'll just start with haven't landed. Miss Marvel. Um, I tried. I really did. Um, and I'm like. You know what? I'm I'm not gonna knock this. I'm mm-hmm. I'm just not vibing. I'm matter of fact, like I said, I don't care how cheesy anything has been, even from the past, stemming up even to today. I don't care how cheesy it is. I'm here for the superhero stuff. There was just something that I, I, I could not quite get into the vibe with Miss Marvel. I 
and I know there are people who are going to probably smash on me for this, but Moonlight, a uh, Moonlight, Moon Knight, disappointed mm-hmm. me because I had a specific expectation of Mark Spector that I know from the comics uh-huh. that I did not see in the show. I've heard that. Um, I've heard that from others, and I've heard people. You know, some people love Moon, love the Moon Knight series. I yeah. actually think most of the people who loved the Moon Knight series were not comic book fans of Moon Knight. Um, I, and I was not never, familiar. I was never a Moon Knight reader. Um, I enjoyed the series all right, but it's not top of the you know it's not top tier. When we're talking about these series, um, I like the more grounded stuff. Um, to be honest, like I'm a I'm a Captain America guy i think that trilogy is the best of the films i think falcon the winter soldier was one of the best series and hawkeye rocked it dude knocked it out of the park with hawkeye love that series um so the more grounded you can get you know loved netflix daredevil can't wait for the new born again series um but the, the, the stuff that seems like it could really happen that's the stuff i vibe with the most um outside of that man i i've loved like you know Guardians of the Galaxy. I loved all three of those films. Um, big fan. I, I like a big fan of of most of them. Iron Man, all of the stuff. But I think those grounded and especially the 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 Captain America stuff, the stuff that has to do with like um, spy stuff, yeah. um, espionage. You know, um, I loved uh, the Winter Soldier and the whole. Uh, shield is actually hydra storyline like wow like for a super you know quote unquote kid superhero movie come on that was some adult stuff that was some great (laughs) storytelling man um but what have been uh what have been some of your favorites then of the of the series um again dude i i don't have uh i don't have a problem with anything i love all of it people people complain about she hook I love She-Hulk. Loved that was great. It. Like, <laughs> I loved it too. So um, I, I, I looked forward to seeing what was happening because especially, especially sticking with source material of mm-hmm. Jennifer Walters breaking the fourth wall like she did in the comics. Yeah. I dug that. And so, um, but yeah, I I like the situation. Was were were there cheesy moments? Yeah. So it's She-Hulk. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, as far as the series goes, man, uh, I love Falcon and the Winter Soldier. It's dope. Um, the movies, I I I love. I just love the adventure going on the adventure of the movies and how they all tied in together. Agents mm-hmm. of Shield, loved it. Um, it did. There, there was once, once upon a time that there were some things that were getting cheesy to me, but I still loved it regardless. Yep. Um, what else is out? There's so much that's out there. I mean, I like, like literally watching the Defenders. I mm-hmm. like that one. Yeah. I def, I definitely, definitely. Matter of fact, I auditioned for that show. Really? Um. Yeah, yeah. man. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah matter of fact there there have been several marvel projects that i've auditioned for um as a matter of fact there are a couple that i've auditioned for that are not here yet and i can't talk about them because i have to sign an okay. nda yep but wait 
<laughs> I'm intrigued. There's some stuff on I'm the way. Excited. I'm intrigued. Um, yeah, dude. There, you know, I, I'm the same as you. Even the cheesy stuff. You just, I mean, you go into it with a different mind space, and just knowing that, yeah, this is gonna be a little cheesy. It's gonna be a little silly. Um, I love almost all of the CW series, like The Flash. Arrow, like I, I think all those series. For one, I think the first two to three seasons of every of those series was fantastic. I mean, top notch. I think they 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 fall off a little bit after that, but I still kept watching them. I still wanted to see what happened. You know, Dude, that was one of the reasons that I stepped up for John Stewart doing the John Stewart stuff because I was auditioning. For CW stuff, so for the CW Arrowverse, yeah. and I was hoping that I could get one of their attention. Every time I threw up something that I did regarding John Stewart, I tagged mm-hmm. Mark uh, Mark uh, Guggenheim, Greg Berlanti, Jeff Johns, and the casting directors for the Arrowverse, uh, David Rappaport and Lind- Lindsay Baldessere. I even went so far as to take a casting director acting workshop with Lindsay Baldessere just so that she knows who I am. Got to hustle, man. I love it. Absolutely. You got to grind when it comes to yes. this, this entertainment game. So yes. I'm like, you know something, whether or not DC or Warner Brothers pays attention to me, I still got to play the superhero that I wanted to play. And I did it on my own terms. I have two That's films. It. I'm currently writing the third as a trilogy and it, this one's going to go all out um and i'm going to get it out there and be done i i played john stewart and it's a done deal if they don't want me that's okay i still played him so um but yeah i was i was trying to get in into the arrowverse my agents dude they were scraping as much as they can possibly get finding trying to find a way to get me in there so i auditioned for several shows i just never got them what um before I forget because I don't want to forget this um like where can people find those first two films that you put oh, together? Yeah, dude, uh, on my YouTube channel, BZ the Voice. If you lose me, something's wrong. Everything across the board is BZ the Voice. Letter B, letter Z, the Voice. YouTube, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, everything is BZ the Voice. You can't lose me. Website bzthevoice.com. Gmail, bzthevoice at gmail.com. If you lose me, I'm gonna have to take off my belt. <laughs> that that's branding, dude. That's perfect. Yep. yep. Yeah. Um all like right. You said, well, hustle. That's part of yep, the hustle, dude. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Have you know, you gotta have something that is easy to remember, something that is the same across the board, like everyone from everywhere knows that is who that is. Right. So and you can go find it's both a great of the, both the voice. The, uh, I'm sorry, you can go ahead and find both of the films, youtube.com slash BZ the voice. Um, one of the first one is called In Brightest Day Off, and the second one is called In Blackest Night Out. They're both a okay. day in the life type films. They're not what you would normally expect from a superhero type film. The third one yeah. is going to be what you expect from a superhero type film. Gosh. Gotcha. So we're going out with that one. I'm checking it out as soon as we get off here. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Um, all right. So I, 
I do want to jump in. Uh, I know that uh, both of us got stuff to do. I got to go to bed pretty soon. Um, you are going out to celebrate your birthday. Happy belated. Thank you, man. And so I'm going to try to we're going to try to get through this episode. Uh, first of all, man, what did you think of this second episode? Uh, what are you thinking of the series so far? And specifically, what did you think of this second one? Um, I, I had no idea what to expect until the first one was over, because my mind, as soon as I saw a secret, the first thing I'm thinking, I'm thinking about secret wars. Mm-hmm. That's what yep. I'm thinking. I'm yeah. Like, it's this is this situation going to be moving forward toward teasing the beyonder blah blah then watched it i'm like oh no it's something different okay 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 i can vibe with this um you know uh this is one of those series like you you, you spoke on earlier is grounded yes this 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 but from just so far this thing is actually um, something that's relatable. This this actually could be something that could be happening with us right here, right now, minus Thor, Iron Man, you know, the the Hulk and, you know, all the big characters. Yeah. But literally what's going on in the realm of this show could literally be happening with us right now. So it's actually realistically relatable. Yeah, and, and more one ways. I mean, depending if if you if you believe in extraterrestrials, it could literally be happening. Absolutely. Um, if, if you don't, just the idea that um, groups would manipulate governments into um, going against each other for their own purposes, like to get power somehow to have them take each other out, um, that absolutely could happen, and might be happening um in some ways but like i i it hits really close to home that they're literally doing like americans against russia and like it they're they're driving that parallel to real life oh yeah big time um as it sits just going dude episode two was kind of race heavy dude yeah absolutely absolutely did they did they really do that (laughs) did he just really say that Yes, they did. Yeah. Yep. And I'm not mad at them. No, and I, I, the, there was two really great scenes in this episode for me. And it was it was the one on the train between Talos and Nick Fury. Right? <laughs> I mean, right. it was just like, I, I love an actor, an actor against actor, like, yeah. you know, um, uh, like duel of words, man. I love it. I love watching two great actors go back and forth. Um, but then even better, I feel like than that scene was Don Cheadle and Samuel L. Jackson going back and forth. That was a fantastic scene. Like hundreds <laughs> of people like saying this was not a great episode. I'm like, what? Like it, in terms of like character stuff and like, acting and and um i think the story moving along and really making you care about what's going on like i thought it was a really good episode man and again that's that's where we go back to our earlier stint in the conversation you know the world being ruled by microwaves and band-aids people Mm -hmm. are probably expecting okay the scrolls are here 
people. Where are the Cree? We need to see some fighting. Where's Ronan? Where are the Guardians? That's probably what some people are expecting. Maybe something like that will happen down the line. Possibly. Yeah. We don't know yet. But as yeah. it sits right now, this thing is reality relatable right now. Yeah. 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 You know, everybody, where's the action in this episode? Well, look, man, you just had a gigantic bombing at the end of the last episode. The death of a major ongoing character. Dude. <laughs> yes. And so it's like, yeah, we need a cool down episode. But for me, it wasn't even a cool down episode. Those scenes, those one on one scenes were so intense, man. I was like, oh, damn. Like Nick Fury yeah, was telling Fury and, uh Fury and Rhodes. Yeah. Dude, that was an elbow straight Yeah, you don't, you don't, you didn't, like, you didn't expect that yeah. from Rhodey. Like, yeah. I think he went in. And sometimes, <laughs> some, sometimes I imagine too, like, um, you know, an other world's version of this where um, Terrence Howard is still Rhodey. Right, like, right. Terrence Howard going back for that would have been cool too. Um, yeah, yeah. But I love Don Cheadle, man. I love Don Cheadle in, in, in just about everything he's been in. Um, but to watch, in fact, the way he came at Nick Fury in this, it, it was very much roadie. If you go back to the first Iron Man, like he has always been like the military guy, the government guy. Like he's the guy that's going to tell you like, you can't do that. We're shutting it down. Right. Um, same thing in uh civil war. Like he was that guy, like sign the papers, you know, sign the accords and we won't have to take you to jail like that. He is like the government guy. Um, yeah. but but very way, much like John Stewart. Yes. By the book. Right. Yeah. Um, I did feel like, though. In that scene, when he's when he's really going on, on, on Nick Fury and, and fires him. I felt like. This is where I started to think like. When the series started, I was like, OK, are they going to make anyone important a scroll like is anyone important going to turn out to be a scroll because so far it's like characters we've never met like yeah they're high government high ranking officials and government stuff like that makes I sense that, dude. i wasn't either and and that was cool that they revealed like oh this person's a scroll this person this secretary of state or whatever this um prime uh, this head of nato or what have you i i was like oh okay so they really are in positions of power um so they can do some damage. Yeah. Uh, and it seems like for a while they've been like when this whole Russia thing first popped off, they were trying to, um, with the exception of Gravik, the rest of the council were really trying to like temper things. Like one of them is um, like a news reporter and you can see him going like, there's no way the Americans are are responsible for this. Like it couldn't be. Um and you know he really knows what happened like he's he's one of the, the council members he's um um what's his name shooter mcgavin shooter um <laughs> what's his name man um mcdonald christopher mcdonald christopher mcdonald yeah um yeah so he plays the news anchor and yeah his kind of stuff he was saying but um yeah, I feel like maybe Rhodey's a scroll. Just with the way like he's getting Nick Fury out of the picture, um, 
he was like extra kind of like, no, oh no, I volunteered for this. Like, yeah, that's kind of roadie. But also we saw in, in the first episode that the scrolls are like taking their minds as well. And so he could very much act like roadie. Like whoever is, if he, if it is a scroll, he would come off as roadie. Like there would be, it wouldn't be like, oh, it's, uh, you wouldn't be able to tell. So that's my prediction. Um, that's my bold prediction this early in the show. I think Rhodey might be a scroll. But either way, Don Cheadle is Rhodey. Don Cheadle is Rhodey, and Don Cheadle gave that performance. And that performance was awesome. It was. It was, man. I'm like, these dudes are in here really killing it. Um, okay, let's see what happens on episode three. Um, I'm looking forward to it, man. Uh, but I'm 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 cool with this situation being as relatable as it is. It's not like off the cuff or you know, big time with the uh, with the powers and the flair and whatnot. Um, you know, just dealing with an alien race of shapeshifters. Yeah, yeah, and and this episode, I think, man, I just think it had a lot of deep points to it, man. Like the we get the whole reason that Gravik is like has so much hate for Nick Fury. Like, for one, he was in a real vulnerable place when he met Nick Fury. Nick Fury promised him and his people to find him a home, like right after he had lost his parents, and it was like a you help us if you come and work for us. I guess maybe helping out or working for shield at the time maybe um but at least for the government that that he would he vowed to find them a home in the meantime you work for us i'll go out and work for you i'll find you a place to live he did not follow through on that in fact he kind of like after the snap and everything it sounds like he had like the i don't know what it was uh, uh, uh late life crisis a uh, crisis of faith something like he he didn't want no more man like he went up to the space station nobody's heard from him since um but this episode is called promises it's all about the fact that nick fury made these promises that is a big part of why this is happening and i think he feels a lot of guilt about it um and that scene in the train really showed that like with him back and forth with talos and Talos revealing there are more than a million scrolls on Earth. Huge reveal. <laughs> and uh, Fury was not too pleased. No, no. Are you out of your reptilian ass mind? <laughs> like, I was like, that's that's a good line. I like that. Um, so. But then, but then Taylor's makes some good points too. Like, dude, you disappeared. Like, how was I supposed to come talk to you about this? You were gone. You abandoned everyone. I needed to save my people. I had to act now. So, and then Fury comes back with a, with, with a great point too. Like, no, you just didn't want me to know. You could have told me. You didn't want me to know. So, great stuff though. Like, I love that. I love that scene in the train car. And, um. Then moving forward, man, we get uh, the 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 council meeting where Gravit goes in, kind of takes full credit for the the Moscow bombing, and everyone is like, "Man, we got to 
what are we going to do? We got to punish this guy for doing this. Um, and he just kind of takes over the council, doesn't he? Like, he's like, hey, this is this is what I want to do. I want to take the lead here. I'm going to make Earth our new home. And there's a whole it's it's a whole. Uh, what do you call it? a coup? It's like a, it's a, a yeah. whole ass coup that happens. He is now voted by that very council who was like about to punish him. Voted in like these full military uh, powers of like. He's the top general now. He's calling the shots. So we're basically at war now. What do you think about um, Gravik as a villain? Like the guy we have playing Gravik in this in this series. No, man, the craziest thing about villains nowadays is (laughs) villains have a motive that people admire. Uh In the days of yesteryear, it was just he's a bad guy who wants to do bad things. Yep. Now the villain has a motive and people like, well, yeah, I understand. Yeah. Before, you know, the snidely whiplash, he just wanted to tie a chick up on a train track just to see her get squished. Yes. (laughs) Yep. Nowadays, these cats have movements. Yes. I love, and that, that, that's something I really enjoyed about Falcon and the Winter Soldier too. Like you could understand where the flag smashers were coming from. Like you, you can, you could relate to people. You may not agree with what they're doing exactly or how they do it, but you at least get how they feel. And that's important, man. Like that's important for a villain. It's important for a hero. Um, unfortunately for years, we've always gotten it for the hero. You know, you, you feel for the hero. You need to relate to them. But we, we didn't used to get that, right? And now we are getting that a lot. Almost to the point where sometimes I'm like, can some of them be a little bit bad, though? Because we need, we need some bad guys. Like, they got to be bad. Um, Dude, look at Zemo. Um, yeah. He was kind of a mix of both. Uh-huh. But he was coming, of course, he was coming from a, a, a vengeance standpoint. But, dude, he's talking about, we're talking about his family. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, of course, we're going to be able to relate to that. Who's responsible for it? You cats are responsible for my folks being dead. Yeah. Let's talk. Yeah. And that's what he did. And it's it's the way you frame it, too, right? Because Drax has the exact same backstory, but we automatically, he's a hero because he's with the heroes, like when we started watching it, right? When we first met him in Guardians, it's like, oh, he's a good guy. Um, no, he's just out for vengeance. <laughs> That's what he cares about because they killed right. his family. Um, same story, same storyline. Um, I think, or maybe it's just the actor portraying Gravik, but I think he's a good villain, man. Like, I, I think, um, I don't necessarily like relate with his kind of struggle that he's got going on because I feel like his family, well, his, the family that he lost was not at the hands of, of right, right. humans, right? It was at the hands of the Kree. He's a cool dude, man. Yeah. But I, I, I don't know. I, I get that he felt betrayed and that he doesn't have a home. He's basically a refugee and he's stuck in this place where he can't even reveal who he is like real. He can't be himself in this world. Right. 
can't reveal who he really is and be accepted. So in his eyes, it's like, you know what? I deserve a place of my own. We deserve a place of our own. This is not like, it's not right that we have to live in the shadows. We've been helping them this whole time. They don't even know it. They don't appreciate us. And what, now we have to, now we've got to go find some other place to live? No, no, no. No, no, no. We're going to stay right here, like it or not. So, I don't know. I dig him as a villain, though, man. Like, I, I dig him as a character. I I, I think uh, some of these series have had villains that weren't the best. Um, you mentioned Ms. Marvel earlier. That was one of the probably weakest sets of villains I have seen on these series. And um, but that's not the case with this show. I, I really like what they're doing with the with the uh, antagonists in the series. All right. So. I haven't really gotten into any plot stuff like they are. This episode is like serious spy shit we haven't seen yet. And, and we're getting like we're getting some legit torture like they bring in this this lady to torture this dude and it was actually kind of like disturbing like it was you know um, wasn't she like a like a a british bureaucrat or something (laughs) yeah she came in all prim and proper and then like injected this dude and boiled his blood and cut his finger off right like i'm like okay like these other dudes couldn't beat the answers out of him but this lady comes in she's like let's just set your blood on fire right (laughs) um Great stuff. And she did it with a yeah. smile. And she was proper. Mm-hmm. Right. Because the guy in, in in all the, you know, stereotypical like spy movies, there is always a torture guy. Right. right and it's right, like, this right. big meaty guy with a black mask on or whatever. Or it's this little sinister doctor. Right. With like spectacles and like a hat. But this lady comes in, and I'm like, oh, she's that character. Like, I like this. Yeah. That yeah, that was yeah. a good scene. I really... I was, I was again, uh, there are things that are going down in this joint, even though it's, like, really relatable. There are things that are going down in this joint that I, I wasn't expecting. She mm-hmm. grabbed that pair of shears. I honestly didn't think she was going to do anything with him. She just did it as boldly yeah. as anybody and without batting a lash. No, it wasn't even a threat. She wouldn't like, I'm going to do this. She was just like, snap. Well, yeah, I guess. Snap. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and have my spot of tea. Yep. <laughs> Keep it moving. Oh, okay. See this syringe right here? Yeah. Oh, I love to. And I'm, I'm trying to figure out, too, why he said and go ahead and put it in my arm. There must have been something about putting it in his arm that like it wouldn't have affected. I don't know what that was, but she was like, um, no, thanks. <laughs> That's right here, buddy. Yes. Um, but great scene. Great scene. Um, yeah. we get, and, and she gets the answers out of him, um, right before he's rescued by Gravik and co, right? They come in, they swoop in and they get him back. They're like, how much did um, you tell her? He's like, oh, nothing, nothing. I, I, I lies. I told her only lies. Then they cruise back and they see their safe house burning down. Like, okay, this dude talked, right? We got to get rid of him. Then they take him out and they just shoot him. They just shoot him. This is definitely a TV 14 show. Like, it's not for the kiddies. This isn't Ms. Marvel. 
Um, it's real stuff, man. I dig it. I'm real. I'm enjoying it. I heard some things, man. I've heard people complaining about the first two episodes. I've heard critics say like, oh, it's not that great. Um, I think the ratings aren't that great for it. I'm not seeing it, man. I This is as good as any of the series that I've watched yet so far. My, my take on it is who cares? Yeah. <laughs> it's superhero stuff, man. Thank you. Give it to me. Um, this is superhero stuff. Superhero universe. This stuff ain't this stuff is not is not catered to the academy. We are not looking for anything Oscar award worthy. Mind you, a couple of scenes that went down in this episode. Yeah. They yeah. May be, they may be good for some Emmys. You can best believe that. Yeah, for sure. But Absolutely. When when all is said and done, these are superhero. We're talking about science fiction, science fantasy. Come on, people. Absolutely. Even let's 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 just look at the theory of the multiverse. Let's say it does go down. It's it's actually a reality. And for us, the superhero thing is just a fantasy thing. But if in, in if there is a multiverse, it's not. True. But for us, it is. So chill out. Yeah. Absolutely. I agree, man. Wholeheartedly. Um, like, yeah, this is my world. I live here. Right. Mentally, at least. Like, <laughs> um, so what I'm gathering about the scrolls in, in this series is, or at least Gravik and like the head of the the heads of, of the scroll invasion, they're trying to create scroll super soldiers of some sort, like super soldiers, right? That's what they're doing. I, they kept saying something about the harvest. I don't know what that means. They kept saying um, uh, that the, the guy that was out looking or whatever for something says that, look, um, Gravik, Gravik said the harvest would be here, blah, blah, blah. We can't find it. I don't know what that means. I don't know if it's like they're looking for a, a chemical, a plant, a, a serum, maybe like a super soldier serum of sorts. But they have this machine as well. And it really reminds you of like the Captain America's machine that they used in uh, the first Avenger, right? There's like this bright light emitted from it. I'm not really sure what, I don't know. It hasn't fully been revealed what it is, but it seems like the scrolls are trying to make better versions of themselves, right? Well, in the comic books, they have one. Um, but he has the powers of the Fantastic Four. Okay, so they were trying to make one like super soldier. Um, I forgot how how Super Squirrel wound up getting the powers that he wound up getting. Um, but that was that was the one in the comic books. Now that was the one dude who was different because he had all four powers of the Fantastic Four. Well, that's um, cool, but. Yeah, yeah, the, the 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 scrolls have always been, you know, the shape shifting race. He just stood out a little bit different. Mm-hmm. So he, I don't know. Maybe they're possibly teetering in that direction without actually going fully on into it. So, yeah. like with the Fantastic Four movie, um, uh, the Rise of the Silver Surfer, when 
Johnny got everybody's powers. Yeah. That was that was literally Super Scroll. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm glad there's some comic book background to this because even if they don't go fully there, you're right. Like they that's what they do, especially in the MCU. They like to use a lot of source material. Maybe not exactly. They like to adapt it in their own way and use it in the way they want to use it, make it fit into the universe. But I'm glad that there's something behind. I'm always happy to hear that there's source material behind what they're doing. Like if I didn't already know it, I love finding that out because um, if even if that's not what they're doing, there's still this idea of they're trying to create a super scroll, right? Some, yeah. 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 So that's what we get from this episode. I think th- the final thing we got to talk about here is that final scene. Um, there's a Mrs. Fury. Is that what's going on here? That's what's going on here, bro. <laughs> They've never mentioned it, right? Any... Whoa. Unexpected. And I, when I saw that actress, I was trying to place her because I had seen her before. Ex- mm-hmm. Except when I saw her, she was much, much younger. So she she has age. Um, mm-hmm. and, I'm, and even still right now, I'm still trying to figure out who she is. Because I remember her from back in the day. I just can't remember where I know her from. I'm like, okay, well, she's uh, kicking it with Samuel. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. What a crazy reveal. Like, I don't know how people could be disliking this series. They've been doing a lot, man. They kill off Maria Hill in the first episode. They bomb Moscow. They kill thousands of people. Like, this episode has Don Cheadle, like, throwing words with nick fury like it's it's great stuff right yeah. and then all, all the while we didn't get much from gaia in this episode but right. gaia is like i guess you know i'm getting the idea she didn't say a whole lot in this episode really at all there wasn't much of her at all but i feel like they're trying to show that she's she really is like caught between two worlds and i don't think she knows where her loyalty should lie like is she in the right place? Are these scrolls doing the right thing? You know, or or should she be loyal to her father? Like her mother that she lost. Um I, I think that's definitely gonna be a big part of this series, but there's a lot of dramatic stuff going on in this thing. You've got Gaia and Talos, that storyline. You've got Nick Fury. Don Cheadle, you've got Nick Fury and his wife now. You got Nick Fury and um Gravik, like you know, their kind of relationship has devolved in such a way that like Gravik is trying to take over the world and kill all the humans. Like how could this be a bad series, man? I, I maybe um, like I said, maybe it's I'm maybe it's fatigue. <laughs> me too i think maybe it's it's just the the johnny come lately's man maybe it's the the people who didn't like they weren't all in on this stuff they were just kind of visiting for a little while and they're like i got superhero fatigue all right well we don't give me more of this I, yeah i'm pumped for next week dude episode three let's go let's go right right and there we have it, brother. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm again. I'm cool with this, man. Um, 
and this actually helps me out with with my projects because it's like not all superhero projects have to be about what you think they are they don't have to be about the cgi they don't have to be about powers and cosmic and fighting and yep and anything like that they can just be stories because when all is said and done what are comic books anyway stories man character stories literally that yeah. is what they are these are stories and um i like where this is going i i really do um you know there there are some things that i disapprove or i find crummy or i find cheesy but i'm never going to knock it um because dude this is sci-fi sci fantasy yeah this is an escape uh, especially, you know, when you're one of those who has this ridiculous imagination already to begin with. Mm-hmm. All this does is just feed it. Yeah. Nothing wrong with feeding your imagination because all it takes, especially when it comes to what I do in the entertainment game, just takes one job. It just takes one gig that you do or one opportunity that you have that changes your very existence. Wonderfully put. I love it, man. Well, man, hey, (laughs) thank you so much for being here, my friend. I'm glad, like, I'm so glad that we finally got to talk, you know, and I got to actually hear the voice. (laughs) Um, Also, if people don't know, um, BZ also had a little guest spot, actually, on the, uh, the Marvel Plus 12 Days of Christmas. He actually contributed to that as well so go back and listen to that if you want to hear uh him in action doing his thing um but dude thank you again so much um happy belated birthday again and um i hope to have you back we like to do a round table at the end of each season where we bring back guests and just kind of all discuss the series as a whole so if you're into that i'd love to have you man yeah sounds like a winner um for anybody and everybody out there listening um Dude, I'm a total comic book head. I haven't collected in a while, but I'm still a comic book head. I'm about this superhero life. I'm about this sci-fi fantasy life. And just get out there. Catch me out there on BZ, The Voice, everything. I have currently launched uh, a social media campaign to become the voice of Optimus Prime. So support your dude. Yes, do that. Uh, All the links will be in the show notes so everybody can follow you everywhere where you are and it's busy the voice everywhere yeah everything everything thanks again thanks again dude um hope you have a great birthday dinner uh whatever you go out and do enjoy yourself and thank you so much for for being a part of the show thank you for having me brother take care stay safe have a great night Nick. you gotta get some rest brother <laughs> indeed thanks man All right, ladies and gents, that is going to do it for the conversation with BZ. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. That dude's voice is awesome, right? Like, And to hear that story, that that his voice changed at eight years old, that is unbelievable to me. Like, that is, that is crazy. Can you imagine an eight-year-old? I have a nine-year-old daughter right now. I guess it doesn't really work as well with daughters, but just imagining that voice. The voice you heard today, 
that Optimus Prime voice, that Jon Stewart voice coming out of an eight-year-old child. It's incredible. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed like learning a little bit about, you know, voice acting and, and voiceover acting. And I, I actually, I kind of forgot. I wanted to ask him a little bit about if he had done any narration, like uh, audiobooks or anything like that, because he mentioned that it's part of the art form, but I don't think he mentioned that he actually participated in it. Um, but that is also a part of voice acting. And I, I would love to ask him about that and see if he has any interest in that as well. Anyway, um, man, what a conversation with like a true geek of geeks. He knows his stuff. Um, not only is he a geek of, you know, comic book stuff, but also like voiceover work. Like he knows all these names I've never heard of. And he talks about them with such reverence. And it's like, I'm, I'm excited that you're excited about these people. I don't know all the, all the names he was mentioning, but it doesn't even matter, man. It's like me mentioning, um, I don't know, other stuff that I'm interested in outside of geekdom, um, that, that I geek out about. Like, I'm just happy when someone, like, I, I enjoy listening to someone love a craft so much, you know, and, and love all that that entails, all the people in it, um, all the lore behind it, all the history of it. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. I actually have, um, I had, uh, I had a, a friend who was a voice actor who passed away uh, about two years ago. And um, that was my only kind of experience with what voice acting was until today. And I'm just, I'm glad to expand my knowledge a little bit. Uh, but yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this because it was kind of a unique guest. We've never had someone on, um, you know, a lot of people that we have on our, our, our podcasters, um, even actors, um, but I don't think we've ever had just a straight, you know, voice actor on. And I just, I thought it was a great conversation. I thought it was a fantastic, I can't wait to have him back. I want to see, you know, John interacting. I want to see other people react to his voice in real time. I want to see what BZ sounds like when he's arguing a point in a group of, of like-minded individuals. Um, anyway, so much fun. Guys, I mentioned it earlier in the show. If you could um, go favorite or follow the podcast, go uh, leave a, a five-star rating and review over on Apple, over on Spotify. Um, if you leave a written review, once again, I will read it on the podcast. And other than that, man, I just got a bunch of stuff to plug. Look, go check out the Patreon. There's a video version of this. If you want to see me and BZ talking, you can go watch the video version. It's already out right now. It was out before this podcast episode. But the only way to get access to that is through the Patreon. It's cheap, man. I do not charge much for my Patreon. I think I'm like probably like the most affordable Patreon around. So just saying. Um, go check that out if you're interested in bonus content, including video versions of podcasts like today. Um, Marvel Plus merch at TeePublic, TeePublic slash Marvel Plus. Um, all links to this stuff will always be down in the show notes, down in the description. Um, again, follow BZ The Voice, BZ The Voice, at BZ The Voice, 
anywhere and everywhere. He's on all the social medias. Go check out his movies on YouTube. I'm definitely going to go check those out, like, ASAP. Um, and what else? I, I do this now. Now that I don't, like, write down what I'm going to say in the intro and outro, I get a little bit lost with all the uh, whatever, man. I'm just I'm so happy that you guys are are supporting me in the way you are. I don't care if you join the Patreon or buy a t-shirt or any of that stuff. Just keep listening to the show and, and share it with your geeky friends. It really does mean a lot. Thank you so much. Um, as always, my name is Brett Scott, and this has been Marvel Plus. <laughs>